0: Green, the colour of true elation, pine on a summer's day. See, I've been waiting for you, waiting for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are going to be talking about the power of light. Light is one of the single most important things to consider when planning or designing your interiors, and very much so in the garden as well
1: not only is it absolutely vital inside for your house plants but it's also we're going to be talking about how you deal with light in your garden how you deal with those tricky shady spots and how you lean into your sunny spots too. make sure that you like you subscribe you share with a friend you share with someone who's not a friend you tell everyone that you love the podcast let's do this Hi, Paul. Hello. How are you today? Sorry, I'm just getting my mouth in order. Were, what's this? I yeah. oh, will. Yeah. La, 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 yes. la, 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 Teeth <laughs> to the tips to the tongue. Teeth <laughs> and tips. So. Hit me. Do you, I'm just going to hit you with questions, as oh, I always do, I like about things I don't know. I love that. Okay. Do you choose rooms based on their light? As in, like, the use of a room. Would you choose, for example, a kid's bedroom or a spare room or a bedroom or a living room? I think it's secondary to practicality. Practicality will come first. mm -hmm. But
0: light is important, but no. I'm going to say in general, no. Unless it's a room like a kitchen. And for instance, taking my own house as an example, my kitchen is in the back of the house. The darkest room in the entire house I need lights on all day in the summer midday I'm moving the kitchen from the back of the house to the front so I think where it's a room that you're going to be using a lot like a kitchen you will always try and put it in a room that is going to get the most amount of light because you don't want to have your lights on in a kitchen all day on a summer's day
1: no okay so so what if you have a room which is really dark like I don't know it's north facing I'm going to so for me, north facing means shady in a garden, so presumably means north facing in a house yeah. also shady. So there's two ways to play it
0: with a dark room. You either play up to it and just go for it. It's dark. Let's go dark. Let's go moody, and think about the use of that room. So for instance, it doesn't really matter if a study, for instance, is moody. Doesn't matter if a bedroom is necessarily moody. Doesn't Sex dungeon. If a Sex dungeon absolutely works very well. Nobody <laughs> wants to see their bits. No one wants a, a well
1: lit. Sex dungeon, do they? So, Not with lights from well, above Even mine,
0: mine is actually quite well lit. But got some <laughs> lovely wall lights in there. Um, but anyway, no, they're usually in the basement anyway, actually, Polly. So that wouldn't usually have any natural light. Not in my house. Caught you out there. But no, you've thrown me now. Look, what's, you left me speechless. It's very unusual for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, so you either go for it, go, play up to it, go dark, go moody. If it is a dark room and you want to get more light into it, Think about where the only window might be, put a mirror potentially on the wall opposite and that will obviously bring more light into the room because it's going to reflect more light from the window. Think about the curtains and the blinds, the window dressings that you choose is key because if it's already a dark room, what you don't want to be doing is putting a big pelmet over the top one third of the window. Two thirds of the light outside will come in the top one third of your window. Hold on, that hurts my brain. Two-thirds of the light from the top one-third. Yeah, so the one, top one-third of your window yeah, will this let in two-thirds we... of the light from outside. So and therefore, if you put a big pelmet or a Roman blind over the top one-third, you're making that room extremely dark. So try and think about your window dressing. Either don't have a blind and have a curtain or get it up high, get it up,
1: up above the recess to try
0: and encourage as much light into the room as possible.
1: So for privacy, how do you make sure that you get maximum light without compromising your privacy? I would, again,
0: if you don't need them at high level, for instance, take a a sort of London house, right, on a busy street. Yeah. A lot of people would take shutters and put them all the way up to the ceiling. But realistically, in a living room, you don't need shutters that go all the way up to the top of the recess. Have shutters that only come halfway down. Because then you'll still get all that lovely light in, but you're still creating privacy at street level. If you're in a bedroom, obviously that's where you want to consider, uh, is there anything looking in? It's all about privacy. It's all about you want to maximise light, but obviously you want to think about privacy as well. Mm. So both absolute considerations. Shutters, uh, I try not to use them. I, I think they have their place, but I think they're used, they went through a period where people were just going absolutely crazy with them. You can obviously tilt them so you can let the light in and obviously, you know, tilt them up or down but they're very restrictive and I would try and keep away from them where possible what What would you you use instead what would would you use use instead half white cafe curtains Would you sheer roller blinds I would use sheer curtains but they have their use but I just think think before you rush into getting a shutter they're very restrictive
1: keep away from shutters and don't block out that top one third yes is it a bit like putting a paper bag over your head it's a bit like, yeah, it's, it's exactly like that, and just piercing a couple of little holes
0: in the top. Yeah, look, I just think people go a bit ott with shutters, where they sort of yeah, shutters are quite good if you've got a very very south facing house that looks out, say, I don't know, at a, a beach, and it's getting flooded with south facing light. Light will pretty much bleach or destroy fabrics, wood floor, potentially your furniture. So you have to think about, if you have a south-facing window, mm. you have to think about the most practical thing to put in that window to stop that light coming in and destroying everything in its path. I see. You'd never ever put silk curtains, for instance, in a south-facing room. Just don't do it. They actually, believe it or not, it burns. The sun will burn silk fabric. Are there clever films you can use? Yes. All, all windows now come with a UV film. But it will still, you, you'll see what it does to a floor. And if you've got sort of bifolding windows in a kitchen on a south facing elevation, the sun will actually it will actually bleach the floor, yeah. which is obviously you know a pain. You can't you can't get around it. There's only so much you can do. I would say like if you're going if you're not going to be there in the day, pull some sheer curtains across. That will help protect. But if you if you put a sofa, for instance, with its back to a south facing window, okay, the sun will bleach it. So just you know if you're not there, go around close curtains have a secondary shear curtain or something that you can pull down if you're not there it will protect everything in your house and obviously keep the heat out
1: right so if you've got a dark dingy room lean into it
0: or put mirrors in it I would say lean in that I actually always think dark rooms in houses are somewhere that you can actually get a bit playful that's mm. why downstairs leagues you can usually have so much fun because it doesn't tend to have a window if it does it's very small and that's why I always say go for it have a bit of fun paint the walls really dark dining rooms are great again because it's going to be used in the evening so you can go dark because it doesn't need to look light go moody go dark have a bit of fun in there studies again great rooms to go dark but it depends what you want to feel for instance when when I wake up in the morning in a bedroom I want to feel like it's a sort of a sanctuary it it sort of feels inviting and not cold and stark but warm and calm I wouldn't necessarily put like a dark blue in a bedroom great in a hotel because obviously you're staying there for one night but you wouldn't want it in your own house because I think it's quite oppressive it's quite a cold dark blue, dark purple, not that I would paint a wall dark purple, but unless it's a, again, Dan says Lou, those colours, they're quite emotive, you mm. know, so you've got to be really considerate of colour. But light obviously has a huge effect on colour and what it does to you, you know, so colour changes in different lights. So it's, it, it's yeah, So definitely play up to, if it's a dark room and you want it to be light, mm. then it's really, it's going to come down to artificial lighting, clever placement of mirrors, Window dressings, you know, don't cover it in dark window dressings, and try and maximize how much light's coming in through the window. And then, otherwise, I think just yeah, it's it's going to be your lighting that you use.
1: And do you absolutely bloody go for it if you've got a dark room? Are you like all the all the ceiling lights, all the wall lights, lamps? Is it just a light palooza? Is there rules that you shouldn't do in dark rooms with lights? It depends what you're using it
0: for. So, light is going to create mood, but. The type of light that you use, and I'm really going into it here, but we'll come into this on a different episode of lighting and, and actual artificial lighting that you use, but the different sort of bulb colours that you use will completely change the colour of the room. If you use a cool white bulb, it's going to make whatever's on the wall feel cool. It's going to make the room, room feel cold. So it's getting all of those things. It's really been quite considerate of all those things. I'm not an overhead light person. I don't like downlights. So I'm very much a low-level lighting person. Kind of gal. Wall mm. lights, low level lighting. Get things on lots of different circuits, so that you can play around with the light. You know, how lighting is supposed to be used. Really think about the lighting in that room. Get clever with it. If it's, the lighting is specifically designed to create moods at different times of day. So if you need it in the day, because the room is dark, you want to create a light that feels as natural as possible. So that if it's sort of two o'clock in the afternoon and you're working in a study, that room needs to feel well lit enough that you're not going to be falling asleep on your laptop. You know, so it's just, it's thinking about all those little things. What are the tips you've got for me?
1: What else do I need to know about interior? I don't even know what questions to ask. I think when it comes to that, because we're
0: talking about natural light really today, we're talking about the sun and, you know, where it moves around in the sky and how it comes into different rooms. And actually we spoke about this and we spoke about Back to Basics, about how important light and getting to understand how you live in your house based on where the sun moves around the house mm. and how much light comes into those rooms. I think it's definitely understanding what those rooms are going to be used for. Like really think about it because actually if we're lacking in vitamin D or sunshine, we start to feel depressed. So put yourself in a room with no natural light, you might start to feel a bit depressed. So I'd say it's just, just being considerate of where the light is moving around outside the house and how it's coming in the window is just really considerate. Uh, Window dressings are such a key. They're so important. You can get really affordable window dressings now, but just think, even if it's just getting a really cheap, sheer roller blind tucked Mm. up in the top of the recess that you can just pull down, you know, to stop the sun beaming in your window. It's a cheap fix and then spend the money on a nice pair of curtains or, you know, a nice Roman blind. But yeah, considerate of window dressings, I think it's a pretty big thing to consider when it's when you think about light as well.
1: It's interesting that you said about it affecting mood, actually, because I've been, as you know, house hunting recently. Mm. There was one house which I loved, but it had a very, very dark living room and kitchen. And those mm. are, let's face it, the rooms that you spend your most time in yeah. at this point in your life. And I just, I, I felt quite gloomy and it didn't feel somewhere that i felt i would be happy and that's just because of light can you change the light other than window dressings do you just own it do you just stick with what you've got and as you say if you've got a gloomy room lean into it make it dark so think about reflection
0: mirrors reflect light Mm. so in a dark room you've got one window put a mirror on every wall and you're going to have a light room but the only thing is to remember is that that light if it's a north-facing room is cool light it's not warm light so it'll be a blue light as opposed to a yellow light so south facing rooms southwest facing rooms bring in a a warm yellow glow whereas a north facing east facing room because it's actually not direct sunlight will be a cool glow but light is extremely important I think it's a really but then you know it could be a, a stunning house it's just okay let's talk about whites again for a minute if you've got a dark house don't for goodness sake use whites with any gray in it Oh, hello. Why? Because it's going to feel cool as hell. Right. Dark house, you want it to be warmer. You want warm whites. Warm whites, not cool. Avoid grey at all costs in a north dark house, north-facing dark house.
1: You know, on all estate agent blurb, and I keep coming back to houses because I often think about them in terms of, everyone says they don't want a north-facing garden. You will be able to explain that better than anyone. Yes. So, do you like a north facing garden? Well, it's not that I like or dislike them. I have had both. It's more the fact that what I find really curious is anyone with a south facing garden, they say they are, and usually kitchen is the the room that sort of rolls onto it. They say they're being baked in their kitchen. Baked. So, pros and cons, right? It's light,
0: but it's hot. Absolutely. And actually, I had a meeting with a client that was putting two roof lights in their south facing extension, kitchen extension. So these two roof lights, which I'm all for roof lights to bring more light into a room. But these, this extension, kitchen extension, had these two big square roof lights over this south elevation. And I was like, because you're facing south, you are going to get absolutely blown up with light in here. And if you put those roof lights in, as lovely as the idea might be, you're going to have two great big squares that are going to be moving around the room. This light is going to be going like this around the ah. room and creating like, well, bleaching your floor for a start, but blinding you in your kitchen and making you very hot. That's a real consideration.
1: I think that's a mistake a lot of people have made, doesn't it? Do make... the big old bifolds all the
0: way along and then they're like, oh my God, it's boiling. Yeah. These are things you really have to consider if you're doing an extension. Think about things like where are your curtain's going, where are your blind's going. If it's south facing, you have to think about curtains, blinds, window dressings, something to shield that light coming in or indeed put air conditioning in that room because it's going
1: to get hot. Outside, light is quite a different beast, But equally, some of what you have said really resonates. And what I was thinking about in particular is gloomy corners. Mm. So with gloomy corners, what we will always try and do is put as much white into them as possible in terms of white flowers. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is how can I bring color into dark, shady spots? And the answer is you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't fight the moonlight in the words of Leanne Rhymes. It's ultimately the answer to can you have colour in shady spots is no, you can't. And it would be lost anyway because it's dark. But what you can do, number one, you've got to lean into it in the same way that you lean into it. You've got to lean into it with green shade lovers tend to be green because obviously colour needs light to Mm. be colourful. So we'll go with loads and loads of green. You've just got to own it. If you've got a shady spot, it's going to be green, but you can add loads of white flowering plants, things like astrantia, which is this gorgeous little pincushion flower that you can put in and it just glows. It's like a light bulb. (gasps) Oh, it's amazing. And you can, you do it by seasons. Don't just think, oh, I know, I'll just put a load of astrantia in. You've got for late summer, something like Anemone, which I can never pronounce. Anemone. Anemone. Like as an an, an, an anemone. Yeah, anemone. 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 No, No, not anemone. anemone. Not like what you stand on in the sea.
0: That's what I was thinking
1: of. No. That's an anemone? Spell it for us. Anemone. A-N-E-M-O-N-E. Anemone. What does it look like? Um, It looks like a white or pale pink flower. Very tall. It's got sort of a um, beautiful... Slightly serrated green leaf, and the reason it's great is because it flowers in late summer when everything else is looking kind of boring, and they're quite rampant. So you have to be a bit careful of of the cultivars you use because they can take over. But frankly, in a shady spot, I welcome them taking over, and they basically spire up to say I don't know one point five two meters, and then they're this sort of mass of white flowers. And they're stunning. And you put them in shade and suddenly, zing, the whole thing is lit up. How long do they last? Are they quite... Months. Really? So for late summer, brilliant. brilliant so plant. I was amazed this year
0: on the topic of white light in the garden. Mm. When my hydrangeas sprung up, which was like the most joyous experience probably of my life after having children, um, <laughs> yes. was coming home at night and they glow they do. in the moonlight. I they mean, they glow. are like big old light bulbs big old orbs they're amazing but I had the same thing with my tulips in the spring white yes. I had a bed full of white tulips which is completely random I got all these tulips actually that you recommended and I stuck them all in the ground because I was like the last person to get them in and I didn't plan them and this entire bed of white tulips came up and at night I'd come home dark and these things would be like they're glow- glowing
1: they're, they're amazing gl- they are amazing so we will stack anywhere that's shady with white plants and it's kind of what you said interesting you said about reflection because we'll also use uh, silver leafed plants so there's one called brunnera one i really like is brunnera jack frost it's the kind of plant you probably wouldn't look twice at unless you worked in gardens and then you suddenly realize how brilliant this plant is it's got sort of a heart-shaped leaf but it's it's silvery and again mm. like reflections what you're saying about mirrors it's those silvery and whites that that lighten a space so the answer for anywhere shady is lean into your greens and whites, mm. and it will instantly lift it. But equally, we do use mirrors outside, usually in sort of smaller courtyards, in smaller rooms, which I imagine is like a parallel. parallel to you. Silly question. Do they have to be? They have to be outdoor mirrors. I'm presuming. Well, do you know, it's interesting. There are ones that are made specifically for outdoors, but a lot of people just take something from a wreck yard or from oh, a, really? you know, and just whack it up but obviously the wood will eventually rot if you don't treat it. I think the you yeah, can get really nice I think the mirror wood. actually does. But I quite like that patina. Yeah. And then I mean you can buy metal ones as well but I, I like it when they go all sort of like a bit like Miss Havisham's house when they mm. they're not really a perfect mirror anymore and they've got those sort of mottled it yeah. looks like it's been on the Titanic. When you say take on a project
0: does the direction in which it faces actually influence I know obviously it influences your design, but do you have a preference? Do you actually enjoy designing north-facing gardens more? Do you prefer south-facing gardens? Are south-facing gardens more challenging because of the sun?
1: I love shade. Do I love shade planting. And this is the difference between people that understand... Gardens and planting, and those that don't. Usually, if you're not big into gardens, you hate shade planting. You say it's boring. It's things like ferns. It's things like brunneras. Mm. It is green plants which people go. I don't really like those. Mm. And actually, when you understand the value in these plants, suddenly you're like, actually, some shade gardens are freaking awesome. Mm. So I don't have a preference because it it keeps it interesting. And actually. It means no. You can't necessarily have all your sun lovers. The things like, for example, let's go with it because everyone loves it. Lavender. Oh, I was, I was just about who to ask doesn't lavender. bloody love lavender? Everyone does, and it likes sun, right? Yes, it needs Lots sun. Of it. Think about it. It's like an Italian sort of type How much plant. Sun? Lots of sun. Loads of sun. The more the better. Like okay. free draining. If you think about where you see lavender, you see it in the south of France. You see it in Italy. You see mm-hmm. it in hot Mediterranean countries. It needs that sun. So. People, typical plants that everyone loves, such as lavender, you need sun. And so people don't like having a north-facing garden because it will perish. It will look so sad, Mm. like this sad little woody lavender. That's exactly what I've got right now. Mm. I don't know what I've done to it. It's horrible. Well, it needs pruning as well. We can get to that. Mm. But that is when I understand that people feel frustrated because they cannot have the plants that they love in their garden. Mm. And if there's one rule you have to follow for your garden, which is not very popular, but it's facts, you have to plant for your light. Mm -hmm. So you've got rules with gardens. Full sun in a garden is six plus hours of sun in summer, not winter. We don't have any sun in winter. Mm. So June, July, you go outside if your garden, certain areas of your garden get six hours of sun, that means it's full sun, and you can go for it with your planting. Shove your lavenders, your olives, your Mediterranean plants. Six hours, six hours. but it, you have to look at this in summer because you know mm. obviously the sun is so much lower in winter that a lot of your garden won't get any. Mm. You know because it doesn't even it doesn't can't get out. Then it's three to six hours is partial shade, mm. which means you need to be planting. Full part shade. And every plant you buy has this on the label or you can look it up online. And then less I than no three one really reads those. They Not. just buy them because they look good. Well, yeah, and then they, we stick
0: them in the ground, they die. That's why like, I the I lavender. It's dead. Why has my plant died? Because it's an indoor house plant. <laughs> because you've planted your lavender in shade. You stuck it under an apple tree. <laughs> that I do that all. Well,
1: exactly, right? I'm learning. It's like 101 with planting, you have to plant for light. And this is time after time, we'll come in and see these sad, languishing plants in shade that desperately need like 12 hours of sun. Yeah. Oh, you're looking guilty. So uh, the final one is three hours or less of sun. That's shade. That's a shade plant. And there are actually plants that live with no sun. But yeah. Like if you think about sort of the little ferns that grow under rocks in caves and and moss yes the really exciting (laughs) so
0: you can so if you have so in in which case then if you have a north-facing garden that gets no sun on that back rear elevation you're going to have ferns or
1: moss (laughs) no if you've got a north-facing garden it means that what what is um immediately outside your house is in shade which means that you could have your hydrangea annabelle because they love a bit of shade they love a bit of sun as well but they're 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 a tough old bird they'll they'll take a lot of shade they are a
0: tough old bird aren't they yeah they got an absolute hammering in the summer from Mm, that rain mm, and mm. they
1: just kept coming back they They can't They're they're like, (laughs) i'm back (laughs) do you know what there was once a time when it was raining so much that i went out with an umbrella and stood over them like and i was sort of cupping them like cupping so what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) And cuffing my hydrangeas. They're very big. And I was sort of <laughs> j- jiggling them to get the water off them because they get really heavy.
0: The thought of you standing out there with your umbrella. I did.
1: And I was like, my babies. Oh, no. um, and they were fine. So worth it. They come back good. But you can, and you can have ferns and brunners and your anemone, which, anemone. The anemone. Which I told you about. And the estrantia. Oh, I could go for it. But okay. it just means that what's around your house is going to be greener and whiter, which I think mm. can be quite calming. And then you can have your colour at the end of the garden. Okay. So... You know, yeah. you've got to you've got to work with the light. Lean into in the, the light. garden, yeah. the same as in the house. How are you with houseplants? We've got a
0: fig in our office. I, I can't take actually any credit for his current <laughs> existence. He's been with us for about four years, and he is massive. He's called Fergus Ferguson, nice. and he's the most beautiful fiddle fig you've ever seen. And he's huge. And we feed him when we look after him, and we talk to him. And do and when you white I keep him? saying we? I mean, the team, not me. I go and stroke him occasionally but at home I, I can't keep them alive no i'm terrible with houseplants i feed them occasionally and then i forget and then three weeks later i realize it's
1: no i'm terrible do you know what the trick with them is It's go on. light they need light oh god that's that's i love that how that's just do like, do that little toilet, that little like like nugget way? straight back it, to the topic yeah, straight back in light and moisture light. They like it moist. Oh, I see. I didn't think they did. Most of them really not- like moisture because most houseplants are kind of, if you think about it, are slightly foresty. Most mm. houseplants are that sort of vibe. And so they really like it sort of uh, dappled light. They don't, the worst thing you can do is is shove houseplants, unless it's a cactus, in your kitchen window, your south-facing kitchen window and cook the poor bastard. They need dappled light mm. and moisture. So that's why they're often very happy in bathrooms because of the shower steam. <gasps> mm. I don't know how I feel about plants in bathrooms. They make me feel a bit weird. Then, yeah, I don't know why that is.
0: But the <laughs> is that your tummy?
1: No, Did no. I just hear the, your tummy rumble. No, it was the rain outside. Was it?
0: <laughs> Are you hungry? I'm not hungry. Do you want to pause? <laughs>
1: no, I had a bite of sandwich. You had some <laughs> <eat>. <laughs> Yes, Jojo. Thanks. I'm hungry because you ate my sandwich. That cheese and
0: pickle baguette for the win. It's delicious. Thank you. You're welcome. Brain power. Um, right. Can we just snip back two houseplants
1: a second? Yes. I can't keep them alive, as I said, but can you? I can keep most of them alive. I murder every calathea, I think I'm saying that wrong, oh. I've ever had. Which is one oh she's a diva. And there's a there's a fern that I a maiden hair fern. I can't keep that, that bitch alive. But it's mostly with a houseplant. Bitch. If you yeah, she is Say a bitch. bitch. But some people call her a diva.
0: I had a fern, a house fern, and I called her Tina. Because the
1: hair was like
0: Tina Turner's hair. And I was actually, because I named her.
1: Do you name all your houseplants?
0: No, I just named her Tina. No, I, because you're fiddle oh, fa- Maybe I do. Maybe I name the ones that I actually feel quite, like that I'm not going to kill. Because I actually would, was sad when, when she died. Her hair went very crispy. But R. O. P. Tina. R. O. P. Tina. Oh, R. O. P. Yeah, that's apt. Anyway, digress.
1: Yes, houseplants. You need to treat them like how they would be if they were growing in the wild. So cactuses need to be in full sun, so really baked on a on a windowsill and don't water it very frequently. Whereas anything that comes from the rainforest needs to be in that sort of dappled... you need to think if it's growing on the floor in a rainforest, it's getting a little bit of light, mm. but it's also got trees over, over it. So that's why it's sort of... Don't put it in a dingy, dark, north facing room and don't put it in the windowsill of your brightest. It's sort of somewhere in the middle. Right. Morning sun, afternoon sun. And um, you've got to keep it moist. It's It, it le- matters less about the soil and more about the general humidity in the air. Do you know what the single biggest killer of houseplants is? Overwatering. Very good. Oh, she's learned something.
0: No, oh, I, clever I
1: girl. Have a potato. Thank well you. Done. A potato. Yeah,
0: overwatering. I know that because that's exactly what I do. And I think that's probably why I killed my lavender as well, actually. I think I overwatered
1: it. Well, yes, you shouldn't really need to water lavender very much at all. No, no didn't um, that memo. But ultimately, it's too much water. So you're right. Get get your old finger in. Mm. And uh, most houseplants like to dry out before they're watered again. And water from beneath. right? Okay. So if you've got most houseplants, you would sit in a kind of a dish. You can put the water in the dish and, and let it soak up It'll rather than it. going at the top. And then it's only feeding... It's the roots that need the water, not the top. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, but just a little bit of benign neglect I find works very well with, with uh, mm, okay. houseplants. All right, good. Yeah, that's really good tips.
0: And likewise, like you said, it's just keeping them in dark places or light places, depending on the breed.
1: Or dappled. They called breeds? Right.
0: It's not a breed, is Cultivar? it? A good, <laughs> Cultivar? A variety? I beg your pardon?
1: Cultivar. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, mostly, most of them dappled. dappled light. Okay, good. All right. Thank you so
0: much for joining us. We talked about a lot about light and about how to use light in your home and about window dressings and what to do and what not to do. And uh, and we delved into the power of light outside and where to plant things based on the light and how it falls around the garden. And how not to murder your houseplants. And how not to murder your houseplants, which We all do. But thank you so much for listening. Please do send in any questions for us. We're going to start doing some listeners' questions to get you guys more involved. So thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.